time once again for Sports Sidebar, covering sports for Northeast Ohio and sometimes even a little outside that area. Sports Sidebar, where we prove that a little knowledge is dangerous, but even less knowledge makes it a little easier to fill an hour. Now on to our hosts, Captain Bill and Dave. And good Tuesday afternoon, everyone. And it is a good Tuesday afternoon, except that uh, Captain Bill is busy on assignment uh, in Aruba. Right, some assignment. How come I get assignments that go, like, in a back alley or something? But no, he gets assignments out in Aruba. Oh, well. He will be back next week. Uh, we'll have a, a talk with our friend Tim Davison, who follows basketball and uh, baseball quite closely, and we're going to take a look at the state of the Cavs and the state of the Indians and the state of baseball and what the heck is going on there. Uh, of course, we're coming off of our bye week, so there's not a whole lot to talk about. Our uh, loss a week ago, Sunday, was not that pretty, but it wasn't that pretty of a win for the other team either. Uh, I, I think it was the... <laughs> the i tell you what, the, the, that game, I think it was the... Uh, the Browns and the Las Vegas Raiders versus uh, Mother Nature. Between the snow and the absolutely wind, sometimes gusting up to 30 to 50 miles an hour. I think that that made it uh, difficult for both teams. And if you could not run the ball, which the Browns were not successful at, you didn't have a chance because just the, the what well, the wind could do with the ball in the air. We saw that with so many uh, field goals missed that it, it would just... And it was just unbelievable. You know, we could see the flags from time to time watching on television, but people there at the stadium who were talking about saying, you know, you can't imagine what it was like here on the field. Uh, they're sitting at five and three. It wasn't a very pretty win, but it wasn't a, a, a very pretty loss. But no loss is pretty. Um, I would say that it's been an interesting team this year we are five and three with that is interesting i mean if you could go five and three for the rest of the season nobody's going to complain being 10 and six not after all the lousy lousy football we've been seeing what's what's odd is when we win we we fight hard and we win even if it's not a real good win it seems we still go out there fight and win uh but if we Lose, it's usually a pretty nasty loss. The the two of the three losses we had, we were just lo- totally creamed, and Mother Nature beat us back, as did a little bit of the... I'm still trying to get my head wrapped around. The Las Vegas Raiders? Really? Las Vegas Raiders? Yeah. Well, that's who they are. What I thought we'd uh, take a look before we call Tim in here in just a few minutes... We take a look and see what what we've got coming up for the rest of the half of the season. They get a week off, a chance to lick their wounds. Nick Chubb should be back. Uh, Hooper should be back. Uh, we have some players that are definitely not going to be back. OBJ is not going to be back, and several other players are, are down and out, uh, some for the count, just some for a short time. But uh, that is what the game is. And uh, as long as everybody stays and doesn't do anything stupid enough to end up on a COVID protocol, which could affect the whole team, you know, you really got to be careful not to do that. All right. Let's take a look at what we have. In uh, week 10 coming up, which will be our next game, we will be playing the Houston Texans. And, uh, okay, to start this off, 
what uh, ESPN has declared is I think Cleveland Browns have the third easiest schedule. We'll see. And we can only go by the stats we have now. I had predicted uh, the, that the season would they would get nine wins. That's still very possible. It's also very possible they could end with only five wins. And then we acquire our coach and we start from scratch. Anyway, uh, here's Houston, and we play that 1 o'clock. That is in Cleveland. And if we take a look at the Houston, uh, they are Houston Texans are 1-6. and six. They have scored 166 points, allowed 217. Let's see what the... Uh, Hmm. Uh, just looking here, I'm looking for our, 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 our So the Browns are five and three. They have scored 206 points, and they have allowed 237. So uh, Texans have a little better defense, and uh, by actually by about 40 points, and the Browns have a better offense by about 40 points. Now we will have Nick Chubb back. You got to remember that. That could change the dynamic of the entire game. All right, uh, after the Texans, in Week 11, we place Philadelphia. And at Philadelphia, let's see, well, play, Philadelphia is here. Uh, I'm looking for where Philadelphia is. Come on, Philly. Come on, Philly. It must be up in the, uh, all right, let's head up here. Do, 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 do. There you are. They are leading their division, <clears throat> the NFC East. They are leading their division. Now, remember, I said that. They're leading their division. They are at three and four. They have scored 186 points. They have allowed 205. And uh, looking at our stats, of course, we we have we have scored 206 points, and so we've scored more. They've allowed 205, but again, I think we have allowed more, and <clears throat> we have 237. Again. Statistically, it could be a toss-up, but it's a game that you would think that we should be able to win. Certainly, uh, uh, as the Texans is a game, we should be able to win. All right, um, week 12. We are at Jacksonville. We are at Jacksonville. So if we look at the stats there, in the Jacksonville Jaguars. You're here somewhere. Come on, I know you're here. I know you're here. Where the heck are you? Maybe I don't know you're here. All right. You're not in the NFL. You must be in the AFC. All right. Uh, there they are. They also, they're in the same division of the AFC South that the uh, Texans are in. They are 1-6. and six. They have scored 154, and they have allowed 220. So as it stands, we've got a, a better offense, and uh, they, their defenses are just about even. That should be... That also should be a Browns game. So ESPN probably was right here. We continue on. Oh, then we head to Tennessee, and we are at Tennessee. And just a quick look here. The Titans are 5-2 and two leading their division. We are 5-3 and three at the moment. They have scored 208 points. They have allowed 184, so we have very, very similar offenses, but they've got a, they've got a bit of a stronger defense, actually, uh, 20, 40, about 60 points difference. So their defense is considerably tougher than ours. But again, we played an extra game and 
allowed we not that we allowed them not that Mother Nature allowed many points that game. Period. I think we lost what sixteen to six. Yeah, I think it's a quick peek here. What it was? Yeah, sixteen six. So not like we gave up a lot of points. Then, but like I said, it's not like Mother Nature gave up a lot of points. So uh, that looks like you know, heck, that game could be a toss up, but it all depends on how we're playing. All right, then next we are versus Baltimore. So Baltimore comes to Cleveland. Um, I don't think we need to go over numbers there, although although uh, their quarterback did have the worst game of the year, maybe of since he's been a starter, he had his worst game. Four interceptions against the Steelers. Uh, but uh, I don't know that we are actually even being at home is going to be a great giant advantage to us. That that one I'm looking at is a loss. Then we play the New York Giants. My golly, this this does sound like a kind of a simple uh, uh, schedule here because the New York Giants are one and seven. They have scored 145 points and allowed 199. So their defense is a little better than ours. Uh, that's where our our interim coach, when uh, all the coaches were fired, Doug Williams is, and he's got a better defense than what we have, but we uh, have an, a better offense. Uh, by uh, a good 50, 51 points or so. All right, so that also should be a win. I'm not adding these up, but uh, we will in a second here. All right, after we play the uh, Giants, then we play at the New York Jets again. Wow, we, you know, yeah, this looks sounds like one of those last play schedules, but you don't always expect some of those guys to be playing as terribly as they're playing. The Jets are 0-8. I hate to go against any team that hasn't won a game at all this deep in the season. Hopefully they'll lose one before we play them because you don't want a team that's that desperate to win a game to play them. They've only scored 94 points. They've allowed 238. We better them on both offense and defense. That should be a win. Next, it is uh, the last game, week 17. We are at home versus Pittsburgh. Well, what can I say? Pittsburgh and Baltimore both uh, just, we, we were their whipping posts. And the Pittsburgh Steelers look like to be real this year. They are at 7-0. and zero. They are leading the division at 7-0. and zero. So, uh, that's what we've got going into this. I think it's time to uh, now take it over and uh, turn things over to Mr. Tim Davison. We're going to get him on the phone here, and uh, let's take a look at some baseball. Believe it, yeah, it's over, but it's getting ready to start again, right? And what's going on in the NBA? And back once again uh, for Sports Sidebar, we have Mr. Tim Davison by phone. And uh, this this is pretty much the way a lot of things happen anymore, Tim, isn't it? By phone, uh, by Skype. It's our new life, isn't it? <laughs> by Skype, by uh, Zoom. Uh, it just, so many people have uh, learned more about their computers in the last three quarters of a year than they thought they ever would. I think it's going to be a new way of life for a lot of people who work from home. I I I do believe that, and uh, that's kind of odd the way you know it could affect all the all the office space that you have and trying to rent out and or whatever. So uh, I have a 
friend I used to work with in broadcasting years ago who got into commercial real estate about 25 years ago told me recently that he can't, you can't sell anything because everybody else has, it's not everybody, but an awful lot of businesses want to sell and downsize. They want to go from 50,000 square feet to five or 6,000 square feet. And he said, I have sellers, but no buyers for commercial real estate here in Northern Ohio. Hmm. Yeah. Because of COVID and working from home, leading, needing less space. So <clears throat> yeah, kind of like the old, really uh, affecting our sports teams. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, it does. It's affected everything. And I think in many ways, maybe baseball more than any other sport. Now, first of all, what do you think about the 60-game uh, season? Oh, it's better than nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't think much of it. But, yeah. uh, you know, it was, it was okay. It was better to have baseball than no baseball. I've read every book in the library, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's audio books for a lot of people too. The yeah. site challenge stuff. But, uh, and a lot of our TV shows, uh, uh, they're not, they, they weren't filming because uh, you right. didn't get close because of COVID, social distancing, all that. <laughs> so we're just having to find different ways of doing uh, things. Uh, it's like going back 200 years uh, before television, before radio. Uh, it's it's been different to say the very least. But uh, the, the, the cool thing, if you don't mind me mentioning this, first off, is the Cavs. Uh, it's my understanding the vote is in front of the Players Association, the NBA Players Association. The NBA would like to start uh, November, uh, December twenty second, three days before Christmas. Rumor is the players want to start in January, but the NBA says. They really don't want their season going into July and August again. They really want that off season, you know, a few months off at least, unlike this year. So supposedly the, the Player Association and the National Basketball Association is a lot weaker than in baseball, and they, the players will probably go along with the NBA. So we'll begin to see Cavs and NBA games on the 22nd of December, a couple of days before Christmas. That's when they expect the season to start. Okay, because uh, that was one of my questions I had for you: is when is it all going to start up again? And uh, uh, it, the NBA draft is on the November eighteenth, by the way. I'm told. No, November eighteenth, and then the December twenty second. Well, that's not that far off from when the NBA draft was, and then they start because the draft is, and and the free agency is so different than it is in uh, uh, basically any other sport. It seems because. Uh, uh-huh. the, the free agency is just a, a matter of what a couple weeks usually. If you're not signed, yeah, you, you, you can find December someone. But yeah, so it's. I think it's December first. I, I believe, but I know the, the the draft is the 18th of this month, which is just a, you know a couple weeks away, something like that. Yeah. And how do you evaluate all the you know because college shut down, you didn't have the March Madness and all that. Uh, how do you evaluate your your the, these players, it's not like you can do a lot of, you know, uh, camps and visiting and uh, things like that. How, how do you evaluate previous players? Year. From the, the previous year or two in high school or college is about all they have. Wow. So it's really... I've read that several of the teams that are in the top five, Gold State and one other, is open to trading the number one pick because they don't think it's going to be a very good draft this year in basketball. Cavs are fifth. Cavs, but, yeah. Uh, I don't know what their attitude is, but uh, Gold 
I think they're number two. Well, two of the top five picks, the teams, not the Cavs, Golden State and somebody else, I forget who it is, might be Memphis, are willing to go down in the draft because they don't think the top two or three picks are that valuable this year. Isn't that something? It's just, yeah, and it's just something you don't even really know. But if you're always telling well, we don't think it's worth that much, so what do you give us? Um, wow. <laughs> I have read that uh, the general manager of the Cavs is under orders from Dan Gilbert. He wants to compete. He's willing to spend money. He'll, he's you know he's worth what thirteen billion dollars or something. It's in the bees. Uh, he owns. He has pieces of two hundred businesses, so he's a self-made billionaire, yeah. a real billionaire. And he's their marching orders is spend money. Uh, we have three free agents, Andre Zizek, who came over in the Kyrie trade a couple of years ago with Boston, has already signed with the European team. He's uh, was our backup center, so he won't be back. Matthew Dellavedova, I think, wants to come back, but there's no, there's precious little NBA news at all, David, anymore. Yeah. He, he, I think he'd be a valuable veteran. Uh, Tristan Thompson, who knows whether he's coming back or not. He's been the longest running cab on the team. He was here when LeBron was here originally. Uh, but other than that, we've got a real young team, kind of anchored with Kevin Love and Power Forward. Andre Drummond, when we got, you remember from Detroit right. last year? Right. Um, he's got like $27 million contract. Uh, they're not sure whether they're going to keep him. They've got him under contract for this year. They may trade him, but Again, I just heard recently, about 10 days ago, Gilbert says, we want to compete. We're tired of this being in the lottery every year. So the Cavs could be at least middle of the pack. I think they're going to be entertaining. Other than that, to be honest, I don't know a whole lot to say. Uh, Colin Sexton will be back at the point guard. Uh, Darius Garland, another number one draft choice. Our our mini-mic guards that are all both about 5'11". Uh, Kevin will be Kevin Love at the power forward. If Drummond stays, he'll be there. And the, the one I really like, besides Larry Nance Jr., who's kind of a forward slash center, a local guy from Bath, Akron. Right. I kind of like Kevin Porter Jr., um, who's a shooting guard slash small forward. Very dynamic. He can shoot. Uh, he can drive to the basket. He's a pretty good defender, surprisingly, for a shooting type person. And uh, the number one pick last year, they got hurt. Uh, Dylan Windler, who's a forward uh, guard, and Dean Wade, a forward center, who was another top pick last year. Both were injured. Both should be on the Cavs this year. So bottom line is, at least from what little I know, it looks like the Cavs may not win a championship. <laughs> Probably not. But they can very well slip in the seventh or eighth spot in the, in the playoffs. I think they should be a pretty interesting team. What, what do you think they have to do? I mean, and uh, you'd really have to go after a veteran either through free agency or through trade in order to, to beef up just to get out of where they're at. Because where, 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 where do you think they, they should be looking at? I mean, what kind of position anyway? They need to solidify center because they really don't need Tristan Thompson and Andre Drummond. So they've got it. That's why I think that Tristan will probably end up elsewhere. I think more than anything, David, I mean, They've got a pretty solid uh, uh, point guard in, in Colin Sexton. Kevin Love is an NBA all-star at uh, power forward. Probably the only weak spot really is uh, 
uh, the small forwards, uh, Jedi uh, Osman, the Turkish guy. Yeah, uh, he's okay, but I wonder if he's not more of a bench player. Uh, Larry Nance is more of a forward center than a small forward, so probably LeBron's old position, <clears throat> small forward. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, that's where they really need to to make a move. The thing is, do they have enough to trade? If they take, maybe they could trade their draft picks because you can do that in, in basketball, not baseball. But small forward, if they can upgrade their small forward position, I think the Cavs could be a lot of fun to watch. Okay. <laughs> and there's just so many questions. I mean, we have to wait till the draft comes. Who knows? A draft night, the Cavs may package a draft pick and another player, the number one, and get a small forward, a veteran with four or five, six years uh, experience, uh, which could be an upgrade over Osmond and let Osmond come off the bench. Is, is, I don't think he's a starter. Is that what you think? We really have to find another veteran to get in there to make a difference? At small forward, LeBron's old position. Okay. It's, it's been a problem ever since he left both times. Because the only time that the Gilbert's been competitive, the Cavs have been competitive, is when LeBron was here. Yep. Yep. But he's a legendary, once-in-a-lifetime type player. It's kind of hard to compare otherwise. It, it is. But at least we have an owner that'll spend money. That's true. And can afford to spend well, money. Oh, they can afford to spend, yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, uh... I mean, they, they point to the Indians and say, well, they're valued at a million or two, a billion or two billion dollars. But that's well, only I if mean, you sell them. The only... You have to sell it first to get the money. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, uh, and and I keep trying to argue, and you can either back me up or not. People say, well, the Dolans are cheap. They just won't spend the money. I said, look, you don't think the New York Yankees or the L.A. Dodgers or the Chicago Cubs uh, or maybe the Atlanta Braves, are the owners are taking money out of their pockets to buy players oh, no. and do that, are you? They're, they're not taking one red cent out. The last time I heard the Indians' total revenue in a normal year, non non COVID year, was almost three hundred million. That's what the Yankees were in the same period. You don't know. Over seven hundred million. <clears throat> wow. If, so if you're competing in whatever type of business you're in and your biggest competitor has doubled the revenue doubled the, the you know, the uh, sales, you might say the revenue uh, the uh Financial uh, revenue. revenue. Yeah. How do you compete on an equal level? Yeah. And you, you got, especially when your product is people and athletics, you're banking on a human being. I mean, that's that's a guessing game anyway. They can afford to give somebody fifty billion million dollars over three or four years. Even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't work out. <laughs> yeah, they already have extra money anyway. Yeah. But the Indians had put a hole in their budget for you know two or three years. Yeah, and which is why I, I'm concerned because, you know, and, and Indians aren't the only ones. You, you've got Pittsburgh in that same boat. You've got the you've got Cincinnati in that same boat. Uh, Detroit very similar, uh, and and not only did do do they not have the money to keep players or to sign players, the minor leagues didn't even play last year, and you you, you don't really don't know what you've got at this point because yep. the whole reason of going yep. through minors is to see what you got and to help develop them so that they're ready for the, the majors not just to give them a year off and say okay jo- join our club thank heavens the Indians have decent starting pitching and it, actually the, even one of the relievers Qua 
Quantrill that came over from San Diego uh, is a reliever slash starting pitcher. So they've got a lot of depth. And uh, Jeffrey, I think that's how they pronounce it, like a, with a Y instead of a J, Rodriguez just came off the disabled list. He's another potential starter. That's over and above their projected starting five. So the Indians are strong in, in, in starting pitching. They also mm-hmm. have this this young man, Classe, who came over in the trade. Uh, oh, God, what was the player we traded? Kluber, Corey Kluber trade. He had an 80-game suspension last year for right. CDs. Right. Uh, he'll be back. He throws 100 miles an hour. That's a future closer. Yeah. Um, also have Karen Check. Uh, who was that funky delivery that uh, great curve yeah. and change up. So the Indians are in good shape pitching-wise. I just read that they were, uh, what are their 30 baseball teams? They were 29th in outfield efficiency, second to the worst outfield offensive efficiency in the major leagues. That's something they have to clean up because this team is going nowhere without scoring two or three runs in the American League. No, no. You'll just wear the pitching staff out. So, uh, I guess the question is, yeah, Lindor will probably be gone before the season's out. Do you think he'll be gone before spring training? Oh, God, yes. Okay. Good, good, good heavens, yes. Uh, the major league meetings are going to be by, what else, Zoom. And they're coming from Dallas, but they're going to be uh, basically, uh, the teams will be in the 30 cities on, all on Zoom. That should be an interesting screen. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of trades are set up at the major league meetings in December this year. It's usually no early, late November. This year it's going to be in December, early December. I think it's December 1st or 2nd. And uh, if he's not traded before, he'll be traded uh, sometime in December. I, I wouldn't, I can't believe we'll get into 2021 with him still, uh, Frankie still on the Cleveland Indians. I don't, I'm not optimistic that they're going to get real value, and a lot of it is because of COVID and depressed uh, revenue streams, no no fans in the stands or next to none. I think teams are going to be real careful with their quality young people, which is what the Indians want. Uh, they, there's not that many teams who want to stand in line and pay somebody $30, $35 million a year for 10 years, and that's what's rumored Frankie's going to get. <laughs> Yeah, and there's not many so they teams. Don't have that many trading partners. Yeah, yeah, not that many teams. And why so, would you trade him for no. one year if you know you can't get him back? Unless you, well, you know, part of it may be um, like this year. There wasn't a lot of trading going on at the deadline because the the playoffs were expanded so much, and so you, you had more teams that had a chance to make it. So there there wasn't the fire sales that there usually is. Right. Indians get between forty and fifty percent of their of their total revenue comes from uh, attendance. So if you have, say, you make a thousand dollars a week, and all of a sudden you're making five hundred, you think that'll affect what you can spend in your household? Well, imagine what it's like in a couple hundred million dollar business a year. You know, you have salaries to pay yeah. two, three hundred thousand, including minor league people and managers and employees. You cut your your revenue in half. Yeah, that's just that's an impossible financial situation, especially when the Indians 
of their revenues come from the tenants, over 40%. And their broadcast rights, believe me, I worked in that field. Cleveland doesn't get a billion dollars a year or two billion like the Dodgers do for right. their TV radio rights. Right. That's with a B, billion. Right. Yeah, it's it just uh, crazy. And, and when you look to spring, is it going to be, uh, being COVID is still going to be here, uh, obviously the way it's going now, uh, does that mean it's going to be uh, the two leagues are kind of going to be bubbling up and aren't people aren't going to be allowed? We'll start the season again without fans. Can the Indians, can the Indians afford that? Like we did in the 60 game season. Well, we played most games against the central division of the American and national league. No one said anything yet, but nothing, nothing would surprise me. We're in such uncharted water with this, this virus. Can the Indians um, afford another season without fans? Good question. How many teams can? Uh, well, that's can it. You know, most because most of your teams are mid-market teams. There, yeah, some some markets are bigger than than Cleveland, but still, I mean, Cleveland's still the the nineteenth uh, largest uh, media market, and the smallest with still a football, a basketball, and a and a baseball team, professional, uh, but. Still, there's a lot of team. Most teams out there aren't your aren't your billion dollar teams. There's not your New York was five different cable companies fighting to get the rights to your TV games because you know that it's they they have to have it or else you know they're they're not they're they're going to lose subscribers. You know, and the same in Chicago and the same in Los Angeles and, and to a distant. Uh, uh, Houston, because Houston is not far from taking over Chicago as the third largest city in in the country. It's an amazing growth area. I have a couple of friends there, ex uh, radio people, that are retired, and they would love to get out of that area because they just see it's like sardines on steroids. Everywhere you go, there's just people everywhere for fifty miles in all directions. They they absolutely they used to love Houston. 40 years ago and it's just grown so much it's they just said you, you you turn around and there's people on top of you everywhere I mean in Akron at least you can drive 10 miles in all directions and you can actually see a tree or a park or something can yeah. you imagine going yeah. 50 miles with the build up area like Akron or the falls or whatever it's just one person after another person after housing development after et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I wouldn't want to live in an area that built up, I can tell you that. Yeah, and, and it's been a long time, but there was a time I was down visiting Dallas, and you hit Fort Worth, and you, you didn't know the difference. I mean, there was that much business, that much people, that much housing, that you, you didn't even notice where here, uh, between your smaller towns, you got like five miles, ten miles, you know, but you can see grass. You can see right, grass. But, but here, you know, uh, uh, but there, you couldn't even tell the difference one city to the next. Kind of like when Canton runs into Maslin, you know, along the old uh, uh, Lincoln Highway there, 30, over about 30. 30. I had to fly to Dallas uh, for work in the early 80s. And I remember the airport was in between Fort Worth and Dallas. I got picked up in a cab because I was going to a company. Uh, seminar in Dallas. Left the airport and you could actually see cows. I'm not kidding. <laughs> Dallas and Fort Worth. Cows on farms from the cab. Wow. It, it 
was an expressway in between, but you could see farms on either side between Dallas and Fort Worth. But, you know, that was 40 years ago. I was, gonna say, I was, I was just going to say it's a couple of years ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, revenue def and COVID definitely is affecting all kinds of businesses. Uh, really giving an advantage to, and uh, this is off our sports discussion, but to businesses that sell online or businesses like you go to Walmart or the grocery store or whatever and they have, uh, you pay a little more to have your, somebody shop for you and they bring your stuff to your car. It's a, it's a different world out there in so many ways. My old industry, radio and television uh, uh, broadcasting is really hurting uh, because of the internet and COVID just makes it worse. Businesses are you know, trying to cater and sell their products and services to the general public who's stressed and strained because of COVID, right? And, and it's simpler to go online to reach people. Look, look at this station. You're basically, you're using computers and automation right. to reach thousands of people. Right. Years ago, you, you had people, human beings doing things live around the clock, working in stores. You'd go down to the local tire store to get a tire put on not to a national chain. You wanted a TV set or whatever. Heck, I actually heard of people ordering razor blades and shaving cream online and having Amazon.com or the post office deliver it. Never would have heard of that years ago. So sports is just a microcosm of our society in general. You know, Uh, you got to have people there. One thing, one thing, yeah. I was going to say, backtracking to basketball just a, for a second, I just thought I'd mention that I was absolutely amazed at how the players, the NBA players, stayed within protocols. I don't know that I really heard of any of the uh, of the basketball players getting COVID and doing what they were supposed to do. And, you know, for me, I really thought, to be honest with you, the basketball players would be the last of the team sports to to be able to do that but, and they were the best and they were the best I mean look at look at football we've had several games that have been knocked out because of that or 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 uh, uh, restructured or, or rescheduled and uh, in baseball you know you had you had uh, uh, what at least three teams that were out for two three weeks and I don't even know how the, and almost yet all those teams I think made it to the playoffs. But how could they have any arms left? I mean, as it was, they had you scheduled almost every single day. But they got 60 days. 60 games. Yeah. Well, that's 25, true. 30 years old, you can get through two months. Two months is different than from January and spring training to October. Yeah, that, that's they're working true. working out every day in spring training, too. So two months, they, could, they were off three or four months when they did nothing but sit at home. They might have worked out, you know, run or walk or worked on weights, but they weren't doing baseball skills during that time to any great extent. Right. And they certainly weren't competing in games, so almost anybody could get through two months. Uh, but what's amazing is, like you said, the NBA players who are very, very, you know, respectful of the guidelines. Which is Clevenger. Yeah. And please say, that yeah. uh, went out partying because younger people think, oh, I'm young, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Makes sense. We did silly things when we were younger too. I guess. Well, yeah, we were, we were, we were, we were young and immortal once too, weren't we? Every year, I become a bit, a wee bit mortal. So, but uh. <laughs> no, I think the Indians should be decent this year. But this, 
I feel, strange as this might sound, more confident in the Cavaliers, a chance to be respectable. Um, if the Indians don't get their hitting fixed, I mean, you're going to wear out a pitching staff, especially when you're playing 162 or even 140 games. A couple months, you could get, like I just said, you could get by. You're not, you know, there's not that many miles on the arm, so to speak. But if you're going from late March, or it's going to be April 1st this year, apparently, or next year, next baseball season, they're going to start on April Fool's Day. Boy, that, that, that's telling. But, yes. but April to early October, that's that's putting a lot of strain on the pitching staff when you have to be nearly perfect every night because your team can't hit to any great extent. Yeah. You can't score runs, enough runs anyway. And it's just up to what they're able to get for Frankie. Heck, I would rather than see him get prospects, I'd rather see him get two major league ready quality players for him. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Wouldn't you? Yeah, yes. A couple outfielders. Yes. The, the, something that would shore up the outfield and, you know, at least some, some solid bats. Not You know, they don't have to be, you know, 50, 60 home run guys, cause, but, but, you know, some solid bats. I, I was one of the thought, that was thought, that was one of the thoughts about, you know, uh, dealing with the Yankees is that you might get Clint Walker back in that deal. You know what's amazing also about the Dodgers? You know, they hadn't won a World Series since 88. Yeah. Was, was <laughs> That's that 32 years? Was that, That's the team with the yeah. most revenues. And right. So, but they also were, that so, was also a team that had, had an ownership that was so lousy that they went bankrupt. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. You know, but any but any business that runs their business as their personal checkbook, that's what's going to happen. But. Something else that uh, might be of interest, something you touched on earlier, is there going to be a minor league season. Minor league baseball is totally dependent on uh, attendance. Yes. Uh, especially now since Major League Baseball has reworked their agreement with minor league teams. Every major league team will have four affiliated minor league teams. Period. The Indians had seven last year. They had Mahoney Valley and two different Arizona League short season teams where the young kids, their 18, 19, 20-year-olds, get their first break in pro ball for a year or two. Well, they're, not, they're going away those short season leagues. The Indians will have AAA, AA, uh, single A Lynchburg, and Lake County. Period. Wow. If they want any other minor league teams, the Indians have to fully fund it themselves. And there's some talk that some major league teams will do that, but do it on their own. Uh, but there are some major league teams where it's a affordable thing to do. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the Dodgers could do that. Because they have so much money, that, that puts the advantages once again in the top eight or ten wealthiest teams because they can afford to do that. The Indians are going to release between eighty and ninety minor leaguers wow. because they have nowhere to play. Yeah, and they, they, there's no teams they can play against because there's no short season league set up anymore. This will be announced probably at the major league meetings. This has been talked about in minor league baseball for a year. I follow that quite a bit. But that beautiful little stadium in, in Niles at Mahoning Valley, where I first saw Victor Martinez catch his first minor league game for the wow. Indians years ago. 
uh, will be empty unless they can sign with it independently. And but the, the, the key thing is, it's a shame for the town. But, but, but where did these organizations get these seventeen, right. eighteen, and nineteen-year-old kids? And, and then where the do they start? They and, can't. Yeah, then the independent league has to. The the it's the 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 attendance that funds that, isn't it? More yep. or less. Yeah. Yep. It's like the circus coming to town. Yeah. Without people coming out, they have no money to pay the pay the animals. That's right. <laughs> you know, and we don't even know for sure if COVID's that bad whether we'll have a minor league season. I mean, can can yes. can uh, Cal, Cal Park survive with nine hundred people rather than three thousand than usual if you're only allowed to have a third? capacity? Can uh, they make enough money to even pay the bills? Yeah, because that, that would be the question, because they pay the bills on the stadium, but uh, the, the, the the Indians pay the bills on the players and the coach. The salaries. The yeah. salaries, yeah. So, and the, the city owns, the city of Akron owns Canal Park, so that I don't think the team pays rent. Should, by the way, the owner, uh, I don't know whether you, I can't remember his name. Ken, Ken Babby. Ken Babby. Ken Babby, right. Yes. He also owns the double A team in Jacksonville. I don't, I can't remember who they're affiliated with. So he has two double uh, A teams but they, that are his businesses. Right. And without people in the fans, in the, in the stands, I mean, there's no ad revenue, there's no revenues for them. Right. And it really, they guess uh, I mentioned ad revenues like uh, billboards from hospitals and banks and other things, uh, right. restaurants. That's a minor part of their uh, uh, revenue stream. But the minor league uh, teams really uh, a wonderful uh, uh, entertainment venue for a lot of people. You go see a minor league game for five bucks. Yes. Park in the street and pay five bucks if you don't want to eat a hot dog or anything. You know, from the from the stands, but it's great entertainment. It's even fun to listen on the radio. Yes, the minor league games. Yeah. So, well, so well, look, this COVID thing has really messed a lot of us up. And people all over the world, and it's affected so many businesses and lives. So look at Goodwill. Look at your thrift stores for a long time were yeah. closed. Yes. And it's uh, so. You better get it. What do you what do you think? No, uh, what what have you heard about uh, Francona? He's supposedly healthy. Uh, he had had some gastrointestinal problems. They were real worried about blood clots. He also had he's had surgery on both uh, uh, is it hips or knees? I can maybe both. And uh, when he was laid up, they were real worried that blood clots could kill him. But what what's serious lately is gastrointestinal. Uh, issues. Um, he doesn't act like he's that nervous a person, but I guess you, you're going to be tense if you're a major league manager. A lot of pressure. But supposedly he's coming back. Uh, Brad Mills is not coming back. Oh, Brad Mills will, will not be back. Okay. He will not be back. He he might be in some sort of uh, other capacity for the Indians, but because of COVID and pre-existing conditions, he is. The Indians want him to do something in the organization, but he will not be in uniform on the field next year. Uh, supposedly, the hitting coach is coming back. Is it Ben Berkeley? Oh, I believe his name is Ty. He's coming back. Um, the former, uh, who's the third base coach last year that was the Rubber Ducks manager, and he was also with Columbus. He'll be coming back. Okay. Uh, oh, uh, Luke Carlin. Remember Luke Carlin? He was a minor league pitcher with the Indians. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
he was manager of Mahoning Valley uh, because they're not going to have Mahoning Valley. He has lost his job. So there, that's, there's a lot of minor league coaches in addition to the players that were in short season who are now be unemployed. Mm. So this is uh, not to make it all gloom and doom because, you know, baseball's tightening its, its belt just like everybody else has to do these days. If you're making less money, you can only spend uh, so much. A lot of changes. Uh, uh, where does that where does that leave Sandy? Is she he he, he seems to. He, I think he'll become the bench coach. He'll be, uh, that's usually a, a step away from the manager. I think he'll take. I think he if he wants to stay. I think Frank Kona will stay a year or two, depending on his health. And I think Sandy Alomar is the next manager of the Indians. Well, doesn't Frank Kona well, still have? Doesn't Frank Kona still have a hip surgery that he has to do? No, he's. I think he's all done. He's rehabbing it. Okay. In Tucson. Okay. Because that's his winter home. Right. 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 You know where Tom Hamilton is in the off season, don't you? No. He's in some little town in Wisconsin. Really? That's where he grew up in some little town in central Wisconsin, dairy country. <laughs> I did not know that. I had no idea. And many of your uh, listeners, if they listen to the radio, Jim Rosenhaus, Hammy's uh, partner, grew up in suburban New York. So Rosie's back home in New York. Okay. New York City. Do you think that, uh, you know, uh, I've, I've grown to gotten used to Rosenhaus, uh, Rosie. Yeah. But. I like him. Don't, don't you think you miss something not having a player, an ex-player in the booth? There's something about an articulate ex-player that really... It's hard to find. Is that uh, what it is? Because they tend to ramble on, and baseball is such a fast... can be... Well, it can seem like it's dragging on forever, but play can get real quick, and if they're rambling on in the middle of a sentence and they don't know how to ad-lib... I'm used to Rosie. I don't mind. Uh... uh on television, uh, Rick Manning. Rick Manning, yeah. Has, has gotten to be pretty good. Yes. Uh, in fact, he even fills in for Fox occasionally on some of their national games. Oh, does he? I didn't realize and, that. Well, we don't see them here usually. He'll have a weekend off from the Indians and Fox will send him to Atlanta or, you know, New York or wherever to fill in. Uh, he's uh, one of their fill-in announcers on Fox's uh, baseball game of the week. Uh but Manning is pretty good. You know, it's hard to believe Manning is 69 years old. No, really? In in Niagara Falls, New York. Wow. He no. must have done a deal with the devil because he looks, he's got to look <laughs> 20 years younger than he is. Well, the things you can do for television, too, you know. Get, get that get that geezer lens out, yeah. There you go. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to the Cavs because uh, I'm not a football fan, as you know. And some of my friends say you're lucky you're not a Browns fan because it's just been a, a real ride. I know you are. Uh, Steelers got to be pretty happy this year, but uh, the Browns, they're, they're better. But I don't know. Uh, they're they're, really they're better. Are they going to be a co- are they going to be competitive? It's hard to tell. But they've been so bad for so long that uh, uh, being five and three at the halfway point. Uh, is a unique feeling, shall we say? And that isn't even that great. That's not far from five hundred. No, we've had two winning seasons since this franchise was reconstituted. I guess is what you might call it. And oh, yeah. uh, uh, how can you be that bad that long 
by accident. You have to. It almost has to be on purpose. It seems. I've understood that the NFL is the is the place to own a franchise because you can be in the smallest market or the largest, and comes to revenue sharing. Right. You all make about the same money. Is right. that true? Yes, they all make it because it's a national contract, and uh, essentially wow. they have they have uh, uh, during during Sunday afternoon they have it on Fox and on uh, and on uh, CBS. Then on Sunday night it's on NBC. It's a national contract, and then uh, it's on wow. ESPN generally on uh, you know on, on Monday night now, and it just they are national contracts. And all the ad, now, when you get into playoffs and you play more games, yes, you get more money and there's more ad revenue, uh, more shared money coming from that, uh, that you might not get if you don't make the playoffs, which I guess is the incentive. When you consider in baseball, there's no salary cap, and your, your largest competitor in your league, the Yankees Indians, is getting more, almost triple. 300% 300% of the, three times the revenue. And the Yankees haven't won lately. The Dodgers, with the most money of any Major League Baseball franchise in Major League Baseball, and it's been since 1988, that just shows you, well, Frank Otis said this a lot in interviews I've heard him. It's very, very hard to win, and it's even more difficult to win at all. Yeah. It's just, it's a little stroke of luck, and like hit here or whatever. Uh, it's just, uh, it's tough. And I have a, a lot more patience with the Dolans and what they've done because, hey, they don't need to be here. The Indians could be in Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee is one of the four markets being earmarked. Another one is somewhere between Winston-Salem and, and Charlotte, probably Charlotte. Uh, Vancouver, British Columbia is a third, and I forget what the fourth is. Maybe it's Las Vegas. There's four T's, four cities, one in Canada, three in America, and one a major league team. Major League Baseball is talking about expansion, but what if they don't because of COVID? Oh, yeah. What happens if a Pittsburgh or a Cleveland decide, well, you know, we've been here a long time. We just can't make any money here. Would you want to not have a major league baseball team? We don't want to take that for granted. Really don't. Yeah, no. You know, it's, well, and that's why it's important to, at some point, make it so that the fans are back. But you can't do it with this right now. You just can't do it. Not responsibly. It's a crazy environment. It's a crazy environment, that's for sure. Yep. Uh, and nobody knows what's going to happen. Uh, in my case, uh, I have a stepdaughter in her early 50s. She's an RN. She has COVID. Tested positive. Her husband tested it, and both of her teenage kids got it. I think they probably got it in high school, brought it home to mom and dad. Well, she uh, she would be okay. expo- she would be exposed to it too, probably. Well, she she works in, in for an ophthalmologist. Oh, okay, okay, I see. Okay. She had a few shifts last spring at Medina General because they pulled her out. They closed the ophthalmologist. It's all like uh, Cleveland Clinic. Okay. But but she went back to work a few months ago when the ophthalmologist reopened. So she's not around COVID patients. And that's why I think she probably got it from her daughter who picked it up at, at Wadsworth High School with all the other kids and gave it to her brother and then mom and dad. Yeah. So all, my whole point is anybody can get this. Yes. And just because you're young 
doesn't mean you're going to die, but it doesn't mean you can live your life as if it never existed because you're around older people and middle-aged people who can get seriously ill. Right. There's people that have side effects from COVID-19 will have respiratory problems the rest of their lives. That's true. That's true. Because it does affect so the how lungs. Does so, yeah. How does this affect businesses like baseball teams, football teams, grocery stores, you know, restaurants, movie theaters? It's uh, it's a different world out there, David. It is. And sports is just part of it. Thank God we have it as a diversion. Yeah, and that's on the radio that's and listen yeah. to a game. Yep. We got the baseball, we got the basketball, we got the football, and hopefully that's enough to keep uh, a little bit of normalcy in our lives. And because uh, even a lot of the entertainment, the TV shows, uh, some of those won't even be back till uh, till like uh, what uh, January, I guess. Is what some of well, uh, I watch a series of. This is the first time I've watched so much TV in decades. On Monday night, I watch two situation comedies. Eight o'clock, The Neighborhood. Eight thirty is a, a show called Bob Loves Abishola. Yeah. Then All Rise, which is a court drama, right. nine, and then Bull, a spinoff from a guy from NCIS, right? Who's a trial scientist. They will be back the week of the fifteenth, uh, so oh, they'll be back okay. on Monday the sixteenth. All four new new shows. Uh, I think NCIS Los Angeles premieres this Sunday, and it's their first show of the year. They usually start what early September. Yeah, by mid-September so at latest, yeah. So, at least we'll have things to either watch or listen to, uh, something new. This has also affected the movie industry, and it's not just baseball, basketball, football, or hockey. Right. Look at movies that weren't produced because they couldn't get the, they couldn't get their, their you know, shooting sites together to shoot well, the movies. Well, and then they don't have a place to show it. There you go. Because <laughs> theaters are one of the things that, you know, especially what the Regals cross-country, the second largest chain, uh, is just closed its doors for now, because they're not, because the, the big theaters aren't releasing their movies. So, they've got oh. nothing new to show, so they just said, we're closing until that time, and makes you wonder, do they come back? So, and that's what you worry about your sports teams, you know, your your Indians, your Pirates, your, your, your you know, your, your, mid, your mid-market teams, if something happens that they, they uh, just can't make it, do we lose our teams? And the answer is, it's possible. If this goes on for more than another year, if we're still talking about this this time next year, then there might be some validity to what you just said. Hopefully, this will somehow work its way out. Because, I mean, the flu went away in 1918, the Spanish flu. But we've had regular influenza forever. Will we develop a, an immunity to yeah. it as a population? Well, and that's what happened. And how many people are going to pass away because of in in doing so? It just—it's yeah. a scary situation. It is. It's easy to poo-poo it and say it's a bunch of phoniness, but uh, it's bizarre to me that there's so much going on and these medical people can't get a handle on it. I don't know why that can be. It's been going on for almost a year. Well, and well, they don't seem to have any better handle on it now. Well, well the fact is, when you get it, they can handle it better than they could when. <laughs> when it first came out, but the fact is, we cause it by getting out and doing things we're not supposed to do. And That's why my life is 
semi-hermit is probably the safer way to live. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> my 18-pound cat, Mr. Paris, was sitting on my lap when we were doing most of this show, so he didn't understand what all this talk was about, but he was on his blanket on top of my lap, so he was happy. He was happy, that's right. And uh, But anyway, we, hey, we're going to look forward to... Uh, baseball and basketball coming up, and and uh, I know you don't uh, you're not a big football guy, but uh, uh, the rest of us, you know, let's enjoy the sports as any sorts of no- normals we have. Tim, thanks for for checking in and letting us uh, talk again. And uh, and uh, I, I usually say at this point, hey, we'll catch you during spring training, but we don't know what that's going to be like. So, <laughs> oh, maybe we talk about basketball in a month or two. And, and to your listeners' best uh, wishes for Thanksgiving and, and the holiday. Christmas or whatever they celebrate, season, Merry Christmas, Happy Thanksgiving, all that good stuff, and then be in good health. That's my wish for all of your listeners. Thank you, Tim. Well, Tim, thanks for coming in and uh, being part of the show today. I really appreciate that, uh, sitting in for Captain Bill. And uh, he will be back in seat in harness. Actually, I think we're going to sneak him back in studio next week instead of over the phone, and we'll see how that all goes. But until then, uh, uh, just keep things going. Go Browns! Go Browns! you got a easy schedule. We looked at that at the beginning of the season, or the beginning of the, the program. And uh, let's continue on with that. And uh, let's get those at least nine wins. We should be able to get that pretty easy. We might be able to get the ten. It's there's two definite losses, possibly probably a third. But you know, hey, let's take what we can get, and we'll see everyone next week on Sports Sidebar. Mm-hmm.